Welcome back to the Entry Level Podcast, where we discuss what it means to be entry level, both in your job and at life. I'm here with my co-host, Lindsay Bernard, and today we have a topic that we think will be of interest to many of you, moving for a job. Now, Lindsay and I have both moved for a job in the last few years, and then actually both ended up back in Boston where we started. So we're going to spend some time discussing why we were asked to move what compelled us to actually say yes and make the move, some of the pros and cons around actually doing it and why we came back, and then whether or not we would do it again. So, Lindsay, I'm going to give you the chance to kick off and and just tell a little bit about why you were asked to move and your experience around the decision and all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so this is definitely a topic near and dear to my heart and actually something that I'm still dealing with now, the question of whether to relocate again. But let me take you back. So I, like I've mentioned on this podcast several times, I started out my career in a program that had a bunch of people that were my own age. And from the very first day, when the, you're sitting there in your suit jacket, you're excited, you have an executive come down and talk to you. And from the very first day, they, they very much laid out the career path, meaning if you do well in this program, you will be in a position to be a field account executive when you're young, faster than anyone else that you, you would know would get to do that. But the caveat is most of the people move. And that, you know, when I was sitting there, I was, I started my career June 1st. We graduated at Duds, I think, May 14th. So this is, you know, very, very vanilla. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. I probably won't move and I'll, I'll find a spot in New England, whatever. So fast forward two years or a year and a half when I was going through the program, I realized that in order to get ahead, in order to get this job that everyone's coveting in this program, you're going to have to move. And the other thing that I thought was very interesting and and Sarah, you may have like found this as well, but when I started networking and I started getting a mentor and I started hearing more from the executives and successful people that I looked up to, I realized that most of them early in their career moved for a job. And I started thinking, my friends and I, we started talking about like, you know what, if you want to be a CEO at this company, if you want to be a district manager, if you want to get anywhere, you have to move and you have to like put it all on the line. So my friends and I kind of went through this phase where we wanted to move. We were, and Sarah, you remember when we were living together in Brighton, I was like, I'm moving guys. This is going to happen. <laughs> I was telling them for about a year before we, I even interviewed for anything. And so I got that bug early that in order to be successful in this career, I'm going to have to move and I want to move and I prepared myself for it. So did my friends and coworkers that were my age. The interesting part was this program recruited. I'm from Maine. One of the, a couple of were from Chicago. A couple of them were from Massachusetts. They recruited from people from California. And so you had this like group of people who were in Boston trying to get home or trying to get places. So from our perspective, we wanted to move like, cause we ended up all kind of ended up wanting to go somewhere long-term. So with that said, I made my way through the program and I kind of hit my milestones and I, I got the green light from the director saying, hey, you're, you're ranked number one 
and we're going to have three spots. We're not really telling anyone where they are this second, but get your interview, get your interview stuff ready. So I prepared Dudley. You remember this. I prepared for weeks <laughs> at our apartment in Brighton while all my friends were not quite at, they were probably six months away from having to make decisions like this, six to eight months away. And I was gung ho preparing to, to get over these interviews and, and basically interview against all my best friends who we have been going against. And I interviewed, I went through the process and then I found out that I got one of the spots and I had a choice between San Francisco, the Bay Area, Austin, Texas, or Toronto, Canada. And I chose San Francisco and I chose to cover a territory that was East Bay, Sacramento, and Reno. And that's the position that I chose. So where after my rate, when I graduated, building up in a program, I got the, I passed the program and then those were my options. And I made the decision that I was going to go and I got a call and you're they're like, you're out in a month. And so I'll pause there because I know we're going to go into that later. But Sarah, you want to jump in and talk about your experience? Yeah. So I think my experience was maybe a little bit different when I was the first time I was asked to move. And, and I've been asked to move now three times in five years. The first time I was asked to move, I was just like kind of taken aback by it. I wasn't expecting it. I'd gotten a job offer and nowhere in the offer had it said, you're going to have to make a move. And so within a couple of weeks of accepting the offer, it was like, oh, by the way, would you be interested in moving to Austin, Texas? And I was in Boston at the time. I was dating somebody. And so it was it was a big decision for me to have to decide, like, am I going to move across the country? Kind of a moment's notice. And I yeah. was, I, I was, I think I was 24 at the time. And at the end of the day, I was willing to do it because I knew it was important for my career to, to make that move if that was what was required of me at the time. And so I was going to do it. And then it ended up you I know, remember a month, a month later, some people left the company. There wasn't really any traction happening down in Austin at the time. And so they came back to me and said, hey, you actually don't have to move right now, but keep it on your radar. At some point, we may ask you to move again. And so fast forward two years later, and that opportunity came up again. But this time I was excited for it. I really wanted to go. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I actually kind of pushed for it a little bit because over those two years, I had visited Austin a little bit. I had been down there. There was a, more of a network of people being built down there so that when I did make the move, there was actually a group of people there. And so that for me made a big difference. So this time when the question came up again, I was more or less more volunteering as opposed yeah. to not wanting to go. And so it was, it happened to be just a better point in my life to make that kind of a move. And I, it was something that I had understood was coming for a couple of years. So it wasn't a total shock this time around. It was something I could mentally prepare for. Like I'm the type of person that I just need to like mentally prepare for things a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I like change. I embrace change, but <laughs> big, with big things like that, it can be overwhelming sometimes when it comes well, suddenly. Sarah, let's, let's dive into that. Cause I think that segues into our first thing, like what it's like when you get that you're going and what it, what that feeling that you're like, Oh my God, this is happening. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, I, I'm very much like kind of adventure seeking person. I really love trying new things. And so for me, it was, you know, I grew up in Vermont. I 
the only other place I had really lived besides six months studying abroad somewhere was in Boston. And so I had only really ever experienced the Northeast. And so the idea of moving down south where it was warm and the cost of living was way better, I was I was just pumped when I got like the, the approval that I could move to Austin. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was dealing with some like personal stuff at the time that it was just like a nice, it was perfect time. I could run away from my problems yeah. and, and go to a really cool new location and I was excited and then work was going to pay for me to go. So I <laughs> yeah. like the best of, of both worlds in that situation. When the first time I was asked, and, and also we'll talk about it later, but the third time I was asked to move were kind of different in the sense oh. that I was dreading it. And I really, <laughs> you know, the third time also I knew it was coming and I, I was not looking forward to that ask either. And so, you know, we could talk a little bit more about what happens when, when you, when you say no to moving, but I think for, in, in this situation, it was something that I was excited for the opportunity that I was actually being given through my company to, to do something new, to go somewhere new, to experience a new city. It was just, it felt like a, a nice perk at the time. Yeah. Well, I think you brought up a good point because like I mentioned when I was talking, this was a progression of the program I was in. In order for me to move up in my career, I had to get this. I had to move and I had to get this position. But there's a lot of scenarios where people get asked to move. That's not even a, it's not even a promotion. It's a lateral move. And they're like, oh, we're doing this. So I think that's a whole different, I agree with you. I think that's really tough. And later on, we're going to talk about when we got asked to move back. And I promise you, my story is a lot harder, a lot worse than before. But I, I agree with you, Sarah. When I got the news, they called me and told me, and I was like excited, I think for 15 minutes. Like I was like, yes, like mo- mostly about, cause I knew the promotion. I knew the rate. I was like, yeah, I got this. But then I was like, oh my God, I have to move. You know, And uh, this is not just a move. This is 3000 miles away. This is, oh my God, I've never even met the manager. I've never been a field rep. So the, and, and then on top of it, and I'm open about this, I lived with my college best friends, my roommates, and it set in that I was going to be leaving I was going to be leaving Brighton, which just a little background, Sarah and I and our and our best friends, we lived together right after school. And so it was this huge, like, oh my God, I'm leaving this comfort I've now had for six years and I don't know a single person. And so literally, I think I literally was excited for 15 minutes when they told me I got the position that I was like, I chose San Francisco. I told my roommates and then I just set anxiety completely set in for me. So I'll admit that I, I, I wasn't as excited as Sarah was. I more was very nervous and I was like, wow, am I really, really doing this? And so that hit me for a while and I had a lot, I had to wrap my head around it for sure. Yeah, I think it's a it's a definitely a mix of emotions. I know I was excited, but at the same time, I was terrified to be moving so far away from everything that I knew, and and there was just nothing in Texas that was familiar to me. <laughs> and so I think like I know I even in between my move, I had like a one month time period where I ended up moving back to Vermont for a month, which was an experience in and of itself. If in your late twenties you've ever had to move back home for an extended period of time. I sympathize and I pray for you. (laughs) (laughs) But that being home for that extended period of time, I was able to spend a lot of time with my family and and all of a sudden it was hitting me that I was going to be moving so far away that what used to be just an easy day drive to see my family or something would now be 
full day of travel on a plane. It wasn't going to be easy anymore. And, you know, my nieces were young. And, and so some of that stuff started to sink in where I was like, oh, am I, am I making the right choice here to move just randomly? But I think at the end of the day, it came back to to really grow yeah. in your career, you have to do things like that sometimes that stretch you and scare you, especially if you're at a time in your life. And we can talk a little bit about when is, is there a right and a wrong time to move for a job? Yeah. So I think that it, it really depends on where you are in your life. And I think that different people move different places and, and move at, for, at different times based on personal things, meaning... You know, maybe they're just sick of living in Boston and want to move to San Diego, or maybe they're sick of just their situation and just want to get out and try something new. Or like in my situation, it was a type of promotion. If I want to get ahead of my career, I need to go. But one of the, when Sarah and I were talking about this episode, one of the things we thought about were our friends. And we have a lot of friends who are successful, who are now married and have pregnant or have kids. And it, can they move? Like, what if the only way you can move up in your company is to move? Like, what are you supposed to do? And I think that when you're married and have a family or even for, for my guy friends, it's when they're married, it's, it's hard to figure out if you're going to move your family. And I've actually, one of my best friends, he's 37. I've been with him at the company and he has two kids and he got a promotion to go to Austin and he moved his family out there and it took him a while to adjust. But I, Sarah, I think that it's just, it's not the easiest thing all the time to decide. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think age has a big impact on it. I think when you're thinking about it, when you're in your twenties, your early twenties or mid twenties, especially before you, before you're settled and you have a family, it's a totally different question than if you're, you know, married and have kids and you have to make that decision for your whole family because it has major implications across your whole family. If, if that's the case and you can't be selfish and just say, oh yeah, I want to, I want to move because that'd be fun. It'd be exciting. Try something different. You have to take more into consideration on that front. Totally. But I think one thing that's super important is let's talk about the actual paperwork. Because I know that when I first moved and I was overwhelmed with my company coming to me being like, here's your offer. Here's your relocation. And, and I just, I, I kind of want to just help out and give some tips of, of lessons that I've learned and, and kind of just, just some feedback I have. So when I got my offer to move 3000 miles away, which is pretty much within the US, the furthest you could move, I got a relocation package that was a stipend. It was a lump sum. And they were like, this is what we're giving you to move across the country. So when you think about it, you have to move all your stuff. You have to buy your flights. You have to then put a first and usually last month and security deposit down on your apartment. So when you initially, when you're thinking about Whatever your company is going to offer you, you need to think about that, those big logistical things. And for me, I wanted to move my car. I had just bought my first car and I was going to want to move that. So if you think about it, I had to move a car and all my stuff because at the time I wasn't, I didn't have enough time to sell my stuff, get the money and buy new stuff out there. And with a 3000 mile move, the, the lump sum that some they gave me, I wasn't going to be able to buy a new couch, a new bed, a new, I wasn't going to be able to buy every single new thing for my apartment. I was 23 or I was, I had just turned 24. So, you know, I, I was not like by any means financially stable. And so from, from my perspective, that first move was very, very stressful, just trying to figure out. I went to my company and they gave me movers and they gave, they're like, oh, you get a corporate discount on this company. 
But what I realized was looking back that that company was way more expensive anyway than something you could have found. So that's something to think about what movers you're choosing. The other thing to think about is it's just so important to make sure you, you, I think, to lock down housing or at least get out there before you officially move to know where you're going to look or have a plan. Because I, a friend of mine and, and myself who was, he was moving, he found out he was relocating out there for a different job at the same company. So we flew out probably a month before we were supposed to move or three weeks before we were supposed to move to get all our office stuff set up. And then we also were able to look at apartments and we, we weren't even deciding if we were going to pick one, but we were at least able to scope out the area. And that made me, me especially feel a lot more comfortable about just moving to a place instead of being like, okay, I'll jump on a plane in a month and I'll figure it out. And my company at the time was like, we'll pay, we'll put you up in a hotel for a month. Don't worry about it. You can find your apartment. But I highly recommend going out there and searching, just making yourself familiar with what options you're going to have for an apartment. So then you get an idea of what you're working with, with whatever the relocation package is that you're being offered. And I don't know, Sarah, if you want to. Yeah, I think I think my experience and the way my company did it was a little bit different. So you might you might not have as much flexibility. The way my company did it is that they give you very specific companies that you have to work through to to do all of this. So you don't get an option of which mover to use. They say you have to use this mover and but they'll do but they pay you don't get a stipend and, and have to pay out of pocket. It's they take care of all the payment processing behind the scenes and you never have to deal with any of the the money pieces. And so that's kind of nice. It's like, it's very hands-off in that sense. But what happened when I was doing my move is that it came, ended up coming really suddenly. And it was right around where my, when my lease in my apartment was ending. And so there was a, there was just a time period where the paperwork hadn't aligned yet with my move. And so I couldn't actually use some of those services just because of timing. I had to be out of my apartment before the paperwork was done for my move. And so I couldn't take advantage of some of those. And so then I had to pay out of pocket and get reimbursed. And so, yeah, just definitely pay attention to like deadlines and, and the policies that your company provides, because sometimes you can get kind of hung up on on different pieces of that. I will say definitely go and visit. Like you said, I had, I did a couple of visits to Austin before I ultimately ended up moving and it was a great chance to just like visit a bunch of different places and and ultimately find a place that I was excited about because I think it's already hard enough to make a move across the country alone, not really knowing what to expect. You want to be going to something that you're excited about. (laughs) In the the first apartment that I had put I put a deposit down on, I was just, I just felt pressured to find something and I wasn't in love with it. I, I, as soon as I left, I was like, oh man, I can't believe I, like, I shouldn't have gotten that place. And so then I ended up calling the next day and like revoking my deposit. And I'm so glad Uh I did because the next time I visited, I found like the perfect place for me. And so you want to make sure you're finding something. That's lucky. That's lucky. I've heard so many bad stories about that. (laughs) You got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to, you have to be excited about where you're going. And, and I think that is a part of it. Yeah. Process wise, I would just say, your company negotiate as much as you can because 
they can give you they can give you more yeah. it's just a matter of you asking for it and giving them reasoning behind it like if they are asking you to move for a job you should not be paying out of pocket for just absolutely aspect of that move they they're not doing you a favor yeah do <laughs> not be af- do not i want to emphasize that do not be afraid to ask for more especially like if if what i needed to do would have gone over the stipend that they gave me, I was probably too afraid at the time to ask. And looking back, I should probably should have. So Sarah, great point. Always ask if it's not going to be good enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we talked a little bit too about what happens when you get there oh. and how do you acclimate and yeah. what are some <laughs> of the biggest challenges. I found an interesting study actually specific to this and we can talk about our individual experiences, but it said that the biggest challenges when moving for a new job specifically, 30% have have a hard time acclimating to their new community. 30%, the biggest challenge for women is actually acclimating to a new community. So that's an interesting topic. And I can, I can talk a little bit about yeah, that because same. I had an interesting experience. <laughs> and then the biggest challenge for men is actually finding a home. So maybe men are more particular. About <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's surprising. I will say, and I'll be honest with you, the first six months were hard. I can't, and I tell that to people when they ask me about it now, and my mentees and things like, and people like that. I, it, it's not easy. You, you, you get there and you're excited, but I mean, if you're, you're, and Sarah, I think you were the same way. But in my case, you're alone, and <laughs> you, you're, you're alone, and you're in this new job, and. And everything's unfamiliar and you don't have your spots. And if you're me, you didn't have Dunkin' Donuts. You had to f- and I remember just feeling completely lonely, you know, and, and it, it, not knowing the surroundings, not feeling comfortable, and then having the anxiety of being in a new role with a new manager, with a new team, with a new responsibilities. I, I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat it. The first four to six months are not the best time of your life. Like, yeah, you go out and you kind of start seeing new things, but- I will, my advice is to try to, I made myself be social. If someone invited me to do something, I did it. Or I would try to like get to know people on the team or try to, even if I didn't want to, or I felt super uncomfortable, which was a lot of the time when you're new and young and just shy, I I made myself do it because when you start doing those things, you end up making a network that you didn't think you would. And then all of a sudden you, you blink you have this group of friends and you have this life and you're like, whoa, I, I don't even remember this time that I first moved here. And I, and I always tell people, I am a huge, huge, huge fan. And a huge, I tell my mentees, I tell my brother, my sister, anyone who will listen, I highly recommend moving for a job because of that six-month period. I felt like I grew up so much in that six-month six period, being on my own, figuring things out. And I, I look back and, and now I think when I moved back here, we'll talk about that in a little bit later, but when I moved back here, I was prepared, even all my friends were gone and I, I didn't really have any friends in the city, but I knew that even though I was coming back to Boston, that, that those first six months are still going to be hard because you're not in a community, yeah. you're not comfortable. Yeah, no, I think it, maybe it's not even just moving for a job. But because I think I had the same experience when I was studying abroad, those first few weeks where I didn't know a single person, I was on a different continent, literally had never spent any time away from home, were the great, it was so hard, but it was also ended up being the most rewarding experience of my life. And I think having that experience as I made the move to Austin was, it was in the back of my mind, like it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard at first. I remember my first night in Austin, it was 
awful. I was like, why did I do this? This was the worst decision of my life. I just remember literally like sitting in my car crying. I was like, why (laughs) did I do this? I was like, how can I get home? <laughs> and But then over time, it becomes a, like a home too. And I wasn't there for a super long amount of time. I was there for just under a year before I got, I was able to come back to the Boston area. But it was still learning. And I was lucky enough that getting there, I already had a good network of work people that I knew. And so I was able to, I already kind of had some set friends my age there that I could hang out with and do stuff with. And I was still traveling a ton. So I don't feel like I ever truly acclimated to Austin because I was only there for a short period of time. And when I was there, I wasn't fully engaged in living there, which sometimes I kind of regret, to be honest. But I think having already done that once, and this is where I think to your point, you have to do it at least once. You have to put yourself in a totally foreign environment and, and force yourself to stay there at least once in your life because you you learn so much from it and, and you get confidence in your ability to do it again. And so I think that's definitely a huge element if, if you are moving somewhere totally new for the first time ever, that you're going to get a lot out of it just in that respect. <laughs> yeah. And, and guess what? You can still go home. As we mentioned early, you, when you go away, you can make it back to where you want to be or, you know, and I'm from Maine, but I, you know, I was never going to go back to Maine, but you know, I came back to Boston where my headquarters were kind of closer to home where I had spent, you know, two years with all my best friends and, you know, there's, there's nothing like the feeling of going away and, you know, in my, you know, I've told that, I've actually told this exact story a few episodes ago where, you, you know, you, I got a, a, a job back here with the same company and there's just nothing to be, you, you kind of, my friend, my best friend, Evan, so I'm going to give a shout out to Evan because he listens to this, but I remember my friend Evan had just moved, he's from Pittsburgh and he had been in Boston doing a lot of different jobs and he moved back to Pittsburgh probably six months before I moved back to Boston and I was like, how do you feel like, or is it like, cause I was nervous. I'll, I'll admit I was nervous to move back to Boston one because everyone I hung out with was gone. <laughs> my work friends, my college friends had all moved out of the city um, or out of the state for that matter. Um, and so I was nervous to come back. And also when I was in Boston, it was a totally different time. You know, I was 22, 23 and now I'm moving back at 28 or 27 and I'm like, you know, it was just, I, I was moving to a different area. So I was nervous about it. Cause I just was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this again. And what Evan told me, he goes, Lindsay, it's compl-, he's like, Lindsay he goes, when you go home and you've kind of accomplished what you wanted to accomplish away, you'll go back to an area or you'll go back and you'll be walking one day and you just stop and you think like, wow, okay, this is great. You know, you, he's like, you get this feeling where you're like, okay, like this is, this is where I should be. And I didn't really believe him. I was like, whatever, Evan, you're just, you know, obsessed with Pittsburgh. And, but I will say when I moved back after like a couple months, I was feeling, you know, back in the swing of things. And I remember I was like walking, I live in the Southeast Seaport. So I was kind of walking around the water and I was like loving it. And I go, okay, like, I love this. Like, I'm glad I feel good. Like, I'm glad I'm back. And he was so right. So I got to tell him that, but it's a great feeling to feel like you accomplished something and then you're back. So that's, I just like to end with that. I don't know, Sarah, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think I, when I came back, I was really happy to be back also. And I think 
I was asked to move again, probably six months after I got back from Austin. And I was, I was asked to move to New York City this time. Um, but for like a completely different reason, it wasn't like, it was like what you mentioned earlier, it wasn't for career advancement, it wasn't for money, it wasn't for anything other than just purely being in the same location as the rest of the team I was working with. And that was where I was kind of just like, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it wasn't worth it to me to make the move. And it ended up working out fine. I just moved into a new team so I could stay in Boston. And I think that's where you have to, you have to understand what you're moving for and if it's worth it. And if it's to somewhere you want to go, like I'm, I'm not a big New York city person. Yep. I, I mean, I grew up in Vermont. Boston's probably as big as I'll go, but, um, but you have to do what's best for you at each time that you're asked, yes. you know, there's sometimes that it makes perfect sense for you to go and other times that it doesn't. Like if right now, if I was asked to move, I'd be like, eh, maybe, you know, I'm open to it. So I think it's different. It's time. Timing is key and where you are in your life and, and really what you want out of your career and, and what that moving opportunity would do for you really yeah. is what it comes down to. Good. No, I think this is good stuff. And this is a topic that we, we're going to be, we're going to, you'll, you'll see starting coming up that we're going to be bringing people on to talk about some of these topics that we've been doing on the podcast about in more of a panel setting to get more feedback and more advice. And this is, um, this is definitely a topic that we know that will hit home for a lot of people. So we want to hear from you. And if there's a unique experience or anything else that you want to talk about, um, reach out to us because we're going to be doing a follow-up episode on this. And I think um, we'd love to have you on. So this is a very important topic. Um, but you know how we like to end these, you know how we like to end these things. We like to do a kind of a fun segment. Um, so Sarah and I talked today, for some reason, you're catching us at a good time where we both were, have been reading. <laughs> and sometimes I know for me, like I am super busy and I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of, you know, audio books on, you know, I, I try to listen to audio books. So when I'm going to bed, I can kind of play them and listen, but I, we thought it would be kind of fun to recommend either a fiction or a nonfiction book for you guys. Something that uh, we think we, you know, we think you would like. So Sarah, you want to run, you want to start? Yeah, so I, for one, have always been kind of a book nerd. I always tote the fact that I had read like the most books of anyone ever in like fifth my fifth grade class or something. I had like a record. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I tote that. Yeah, of course you did. I was shocked. But but I hadn't been reading books for a while, and so it really like this year I started actually reading again in a more active way, and I've been reading like not just, you know, kind of flaky type books that I might have read in the past, but like actually getting into some like kind of personal development type books and like, you know, reading about people's success stories and how they got there and and stuff that kind of motivates you. And so I actually, I probably should have read this sooner in my life, I feel, but I read The Alchemist oh, lately. Oh, I read that. I don't know if you've read it, I but have. I was like, I was like, wow, I feel like this is like the perfect time in my life to read this book. And maybe if you read it when you were like 16, didn't really resonate with you at the time. But, you know, now reading it, I, it just it kind of brings to the surface a lot of things that you want to be thinking about, I think, at this point in your life, like letting go of fear, following your intuition, you know, understanding that there's bigger purposes, purpose in life and to be patient and really follow like your own 
you know, your own drive and destination. So that one, I don't know. I got lots of warm and fuzzies from that <laughs> one. So I've, I've been recommending it to people if they haven't read it. It was, it's like a storyline. It's not like your typical personal development book where they just talk about like concepts the whole time. It's really like a story that you follow and then you get all these little nuggets out of it. So that would be my. I, I, I agree. I read it a couple of years ago. I, well, I listened to it a couple of years ago and I liked that one as well. And that was recommended to me by a manager. So um, I, yeah, I think it's a great book. Um, so I'm just going to recommend the one I talk about on this podcast all the time, clearly, because I've read it a million times, but it just, I feel like it really hits home. And I was just talking to one of my customers about it um, earlier today, but Malcolm Gladwell, The Tipping Point. I just, I truly feel like every time I'm kind of in a rut, I reread that book and there's something else I learn about it in there. I've talked about on this podcast, kind of how things build up good or bad and they kind of all come crashing down and how you deal with it. Um, It also talks a lot about different types of people and how you read them, Um, you know, from salespeople to, they call them mavens, you know, there's, and there's a ton of, there's just really, really good content in there that I think just relates to a lot of things. And it's a good read. I know if anyone's ever read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell or Blink, um, he's just a good author and there's a lot of good things. And I find myself quoting that. I I find myself like relating to that book without even trying. Like I'm in cybersecurity and I was like talking about it in a meeting today. I have no idea why thinking back, but um, highly recommended. And uh, yeah, I, I think you guys would like it. So Awesome. Cool. Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm always a big looking for new books. So if anyone who's listening has any awesome recommendations, send please send them our way. Um, and on that note, I just want to remind everyone to make sure you guys follow us at Entry Level Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your, to your podcast. And, uh, so and thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. And also, please, imposter syndrome, this topic, any of the topics you're seeing, we're going to be doing follow-ups. So if you'd like to be part of our panel, please reach out to us. We're really looking forward to it. And thank you guys for listening. See you next time.